Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. You like that? You like that? That, I sounded great. Remix. I like that. What's up, guys? Hey, hey. Hey, hey. Happy Monday or whatever day you're listening to this podcast. Always Monday morning, right? Always. Obviously, first first podcast on the slate. Uh, Welcome into the Ball Blast podcast. Proud member of the Ross Tucker podcast network. Uh, Big shout out to that dude. We've got an exciting month coming up for us. Very next, busy. Next weekend is the Midwest Fantasy Football Expo. We better like plan that live podcast, huh? Yeah, we are <laughs> going to be on the live podcast stage, guys. Tickets are $20 with promo code BALLBLAST, one word, all caps. You get $5 off your, your entry. Come see us at the live podcast stage. We're going to have a booth there. We'll uh, be setting up our merch table. Yeah. Currently includes t-shirts. Yeah, that's our merch table. That's t-shirts. the whole table. <laughs> but we will be there wearing said shirts, so that's exciting. Um, don't forget to check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash ballblast. We've got an extra podcast um, uh, per week. I almost said per month. What a waste of money that would be. Per week, you get to hear our voices another, you know, 45 minutes or so. Obviously, that's the goal. That's, of course. That's the dream. Um, we are over there. We've got the Slack chat. We've got uh, all all the goodies that, that you could ask for. We've got a really great group of folks over there. I love you guys. Ball blasties. Ball blasties. Ball blasties. We're still trying to work out the name. We don't know. We don't yeah, know. We need about a, that. a name for the crew, the Ball Blast Nation. I don't know. We're 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 tossing around some ideas. So uh, throw those at us if you got them. We're going to be at the North Park Lounge August 28th for Fantasy Football Night in Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's in the Lawrenceville. Lawrenceville location. Yeah, we're, mm-hmm. we're working out some deals on drinks. We got some, I think, $2 off Moscow Mules, which are our favorites. Some cheaper Coors Lights because, you know, they're not cheap enough already. No, Miller Light. Hello. Get yeah. you a cheap burger. Just come to North Park Lounge. We're going to be drafting. We're going to be, you know... We're going to be doing like the whole, stage. whole live draft board. I think yeah. we might have a special guest if uh, – I'm going to wait to announce that one. But we might we might have a, a special guest coming up uh, to do that live podcast with us. If all works out, which will be exciting, uh, we're going to be announcing the Listener League entries today. Winners. Winners, yep. yes. Um, some really, really funny ones that I really enjoy a lot. Yeah. So stay tuned. Uh, listen to those. They'll be uh, slotted in at the end of the podcast. And last but not least, do not forget to follow us on Twitter if you have not. I am Kate at FF Ball Blast. And I'm Michelle at Ball Blast M. Ball Blast E-M. 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 Um, we've got a lot of really exciting things coming up. So please stay tuned for all that. You ready to head in some, some news? Let's go. yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
this just in. Breaking news. Breaking news. Michelle, I think I've officially heard everything. Yeah, like, some crazy news this week. Yeah, I, I think we have to, we're like morally obligated to kick this off with Antonio Brown. I don't even know what to say. Antonio Brown has come out uh, to file a grievance against the NFL. Uh, he would like to wear uh, his old helmet. Yeah. And he's uh, not playing unless he gets to wear his helmet. But now he's saying, but now he's kind of changing his story because now the re- no- latest reports come out that if he gets injured wearing the new helmet, that they would sue the NFL. But I- I'm confused because he already said he's not playing if he has to wear the new helmet. So I don't know. I don't know which one it is, but I think we can all sort of speculate that an offense, a Raiders offense without Antonio Brown would look not great. Yeah, no, you don't want Tyrell Williams to be your number one. I think he's a good number two. I I do think he's a good NFL wide receiver, but you definitely don't want him as your number one when you were planning on AB being your number one. And you don't want that for Josh Jacobs either. I can't imagine this. I cannot imagine this helmet would actually keep him from playing. I think... All of this, you know, helps take all of the, you know, the talk away from his feet. It's odd. No, I mean, like, there are actually, like, lawyers involved. They're getting the NFLPA involved. He tried to sneak the helmet in multiple times. Yeah, that's That's like, just so weird. That's weird behavior. Come on, guys. He tried to repaint the old Steelers helmet and failed. It's a very... It's a very weird story, but I think it just sort of points back to the fact that you wonder, is Antonio Brown well mentally? I hope he, so. Watching hard knocks, um, you know, watching him run routes, he looks like he can accelerate pretty well, but he does look to be quite uncomfortable with his feet. And when you look at the pictures, you see why, because they nasty. Yeah. And he had a really hard time stopping. He, yeah. He, can't he had to like slow well. jog. And you can tell he's in pain, which anyone would be. I think the only way to heal his feet is to get off of them. Like, you can't heal blisters like that if you're still running on them. Somebody get this guy a motorized scooter. Yeah, he's going to have to stay off his feet for a while for them to heal right up. I I want no piece of this. I I don't either. And if if he is not playing for the Raiders, I really don't want a part of that offense. Agree. Uh, Robbie Anderson, he's going to be used more underneath. We've seen Robbie Anderson be like that deep down the threat guy, which is probably why rookie Sam Darnold couldn't really make that connection early on in last season. They say they're going to use him a little bit differently uh, so that he's not that like one trick pony that can just run down the field and catch a a deep bomb. Mm -hmm. That's really good news for fantasy owners. If you were taking him in the seventh round, you want to hear all of this. You want him to be used in more dynamic ways. I'm all about this news. No, you and me both. We, do you buy in? I do. We are both high on Abby, Robbie Anderson this upcoming year. I think when we saw towards the end of the season, they were starting to build that connection. And it wasn't all just long passes anymore. Robbie Anderson was starting to get those shorter targets uh, with Sam Darnold. And like the end of year, he had seven, seven, 11, 13, and eight targets in a game. 
that's what you want to see with Robbie Anderson. You don't want him just to get those four or five yard bomb targets because you're only, I mean, you'll be lucky to connect one or two um, and you're going to need one to go for a touchdown. With this, if he's getting double digit targets, he is going to be so good. And I'm really excited about Robbie Anderson. I'm excited about the Jets offense. I think Le'Veon Bell opens, um, opens stuff up for the other players there. And, you know, Robbie Anderson, I have ranked pretty highly and I, I will be drafting him wherever I can get him in the late sixth, seventh round. I love it. Um, Jerry Jones says, Tony Pollard is capable of carrying the load for Dallas. Do we buy it? No. I don't either. I still think that all of this Jerry Jones hype is a negotiating tactic. You are not going to come out in preseason when you're trying to negotiate with your star running back who you drafted in the top five picks to say, yeah, man, we really need this guy because you're just giving up all your trade leverage to – to say for Jerry Jones that there is another guy on that roster who is capable of managing Zeke's workload is a load of fooey. I just don't. I don't fooey. get why Dallas drafted Zeke then to begin it's with. It's If you're going to draft him, you know, with the fourth pick overall, and Zeke has been nothing but absolutely amazing. You've seen how you know bad your offense performed without him. What more do you need? Like, why did you draft him to begin with if you weren't planning on ever paying the dude if he performed? So I do think they get a deal done. I don't get what's taking so long. Just pay the man. He's a huge, he makes a huge difference for your offense. And no, Tony Pollard's not the guy. Tony Pollard I mean, is he not will, the guy. He will be the guy to own if Zeke doesn't play, but you should not expect Zeke-type performance, but no. he will be a fine start. If you need to handcuff Zeke, though, if you're drafting now, if that's if that's what you guys are doing, I think he's I'm more confident in Tony Pollard to be the handcuff to own there. Trent Taylor, broken foot. San Francisco 49ers, we are getting some interesting reports about Dante Pettis. We have been huge fans of Dante Pettis throughout the offseason, end of last season. Um, we're hearing right now that he has not yet secured his starting role. It's a nod report. I get he hasn't been doing too well in camp. You know he's been performing a little rough. I still believe in Pettis, and I think he will be the wide receiver one there in targets and in yards. But it's not. It's not good reports coming out. Trent Taylor getting you know breaking his foot. I don't know who all these passes are going to. You know they can have good one involved, but he can't stay healthy either. He misses a lot of games. You have a, a rookie in Devo, Sa- Devo Samuel and Jalen Hurd. So, I mean, if Pettis is really performing as bad as reports are saying, then Kittle will be a beast next year. But I, I, I think Pettis performs. I'm not too worried about it yet. He played a lot of the preseason game, uh, preseason game one, when most of the 49ers like actual secured starters were sitting. Do you remember when Callaway last year had to play the whole game? They wouldn't let him sit. Yes. Uh, I could see it being like that. Maybe they're frustrated with Pettis. They were really hoping he'd be the wide receiver one, and he's just not performing the way they want him to. So they put him out there for some sort of punishment or lesson learned. It says they want – Kyle Shanahan says he wants him to compete. Maybe this is like a motivation issue. But of note, of note, Marquise Goodwin didn't play. Yeah. Interesting. Well, we'll have to keep an eye on that for the offseason. I, I'm not worried about Pettis yet, but if 
he keeps playing all the games and the reports keep coming out that he's not performing well in practice and we're going to have to move him. But for right now, I, I'm, I'm sticking with my love for Pettis. Okay. Aaron Jones returned to practice after a hamstring issue. Just something to monitor, see how he's worked in. Um, I don't know if we're going to see him in the preseason, but something to think about. Our Steelers, James Washington, had a great, great showing in game one of the preseason. Went four for 84 and a touchdown. I think there was another touchdown that um, got called back on like a holding holding penalty. He looked fantastic. And you that know, one bomb catch like right Josh to start Dobbs. the game from Josh Jobs was a great catch by James Washington. Great. Great ball tracking. Mm-hmm. Great strength. Um, he looked really good. And the touchdown was from Mason Rudolph. I, I think last year we saw they have that connection. I mean, they played college. They played in college together. They have the connection, James Washington and Mason Rudolph. The issue is, does James Washington have a connection with Big Ben? Sometimes quarterbacks and wide receivers just don't have that connection. Jameis Winston, Deshaun Jackson. Exactly. Deshaun Jackson's been great everywhere with like every quarterback, but they couldn't build the connection. Just sometimes that works out that way. I I, I think James Washington is a fine talent, and I, I think he can be decent, but I'm just not loving any of the wide receiver two options in Pittsburgh next year for fantasy. I do think they can all be very involved to help them win games. For fantasy, I don't think you can rely on anybody. That's fair. Antonio Calloway, speaking of Antonio Calloway, we brought him up just a moment ago, dealing with a high ankle sprain and a four-game suspension. <sighs> He was, I was liking him as a sleeper. I really was. Even in that crowded offense, I thought he could have some big, you know, boom plays to help you out when you need a guy and with a lot of injuries or bye weeks. But yeah, that four game suspension, it's irritating. He just seems to always be getting in some sort of trouble with that weed. Yeah. Who is it, Stephen? Stay off the weed. <laughs> And I mean, I guess if he has a high ankle sprain in the four game suspension, he'll have plenty of time to heal on up. Heal it on up. Yeah. As long as he's not tested at some point in between. Speaking of Cleveland, we've got Duke Johnson traded uh, to the Houston Texans for a, a fourth round pick in the 2020 NFL draft can be a third round pick if Duke Johnson performs, which is great because Kiki QT was injured. Um, pre, uh, preseason game one for the Texans. So uh, they just acquired a running back who likes to uh, catch catch balls, right? It's, yeah. it's another body on the field for them. Deshaun Watson doesn't use, you know, his running backs in that way. So it'll be interesting to see now that he has a running back that's really great in the passing game, will he start to use them? Or, you know, sometimes rushing quarterbacks just don't because when they're in that, you know, when they're being pressured, they just take off on the run instead of checking down to their running back. So it'll be interesting to see how he uses him. I do think this takes Lamar Miller off the field a little bit more. And if he wasn't, you know, great for you last year with Alfred Blue behind him, I don't think bringing in Duke Johnson is a good thing for him. If anything, maybe he's running routes out of the slot. Yeah, I won't be drafting either Lamar Miller or Duke Johnson, but if you're going to go for one, I would go for Duke in PPR. Full PPR. Full PPR, yep. All right. Um, running back by committee in Kansas City, still sort of a um, a convoluted situation here. Andy Reid has come out to say that he will be utilizing the running back by committee approach. Carlos Hyde came out to start the game uh, last night, 
it, obviously it's got to be some sort of precautionary thing or they, you know, he's not totally up to speed with his health. Um, just had that hamstring issue it has come back to practice for, I want to say about a week now, but might just be holding him back through the, the preseason to, you know, give him a little extra time to heal up. Carlos had got the first drive. Like you said, he didn't have too many. I mean, they didn't give him too many attempts. I think I they only gave him. Two. Yeah, he only got one attempt until that goal line, and then he got Darwin into the. Darwin Thompson, though. Yeah. Well, Carlos Hyde scored the touchdown there, which was good. And then Darwin Thompson did very well in his showing uh, when he got his chances. So, you know, Damian Williams, come back soon before your job gets taken. That's for you, Darwin Thompson truthers. Get on that train. Michelle, are you ready to, I guess we could take the train out west. Yeah, I think we might be talking about Darwin Thompson a little in a little bit here. All aboard. Today we will be talking about the AFC West, NFC West. But before we get into our divisional preview, we got to talk about fantasygo.com. We are so close to the actual fantasy football season, and I know what you guys will be doing. What will they be doing, Michelle? Setting their lineups. Yes. Okay. They'll be asking us lots of questions on Twitter for start sits, and fantasygo.com is just the place where you can go, hook up your Yahoo account, and literally pick your favorite analyst to set your lineup for you. Yes, you can. So if you want the ball blast ladies to set your lineup or to make waiver moves for you, go to fantasygo.com and yeah. sign up. Check out the the analyst marketplace. There's not just us. There's lots of other cool people there willing to help you set your lineups. They literally remotely log into your Yahoo account. It's super easy. It takes two minutes to set up. Um, but they literally, if you want, can make uh, waiver claims for you, ads drops, it's super easy, and it's there for you all season long. If you want to go in there uh, and select your favorite analyst, you can pick them on a week-to-week basis. If you're going on a vacation or maybe you just have too much on your plate one week, need some help with your leagues, don't forget to go to FantasyGo.com for all of your needs. We're heading out west. Talking about league winners, busts, sleepers, and values. We're going to hit on all four of those for each of the divisions. And we're sorry if we make any of you guys upset, if you like them. Or eh. maybe we'll make you happy when we call your favorite dude the league winner. Yeah. Michelle, let's, let's kick it off with the AFC West. We're obviously quite partial to the AFC. Tell me who is your AFC West league winner. You know, I feel like this is an obvious one, but I'm just going to take it. It's Travis Kelsey for the Kansas City Chiefs. <gasps> I know. Shocker. I have him so, like, I did my team projections. They're all done. And then I pull it up, and I, I see where everyone's listed. And for tight ends, Travis Kelsey is just, he is projected for so many more points than my tight end two, O.J. Howard. Kelsey last year scored 294 PPR points. That would have made him the wide receiver nine. The wide receiver nine. That's maddening. Yes. And nothing's changing for Kelsey. Like, he still has Hill there to take away a lot of coverage. And we're not even talking like a tight end premium, are we? No, I'm not talking about tight end premium. I'm just talking about a normal tight end league where he will still be a league winner, even if you have to take him in the late second round. I'm normally against that, okay? And I haven't been taking Kelsey a lot 
But if you're going to take a tight end early, it is Kelsey. It's not Kittle. It's not Ertz. It's Kelsey. He, there's no reason to expect him to regress at all. His situation's exactly the same. He still has Pat Mahomes. The difference between Kelsey with Pat Mahomes and Alex Smith is massive, like massive, massive. So from 2016 to 2018, when you look at the 31 games with Alex Smith and then the one season with Pat Mahomes, he averaged four more PPR points per game. He averaged a whole reception more uh, per game. And then his touchdowns skyrocketed up with Mahomes. He was on average for about six a season with Alex Smith and went all the way up to 10 last year with Mahomes. And then his yards, like, I mean, come on, 200 more yards. Oh, that's nice. Last season from what his normal average was with Alex Smith. Patrick Mahomes trusts Kelsey. You saw immediately last night. In that preseason game. I know it's week one preseason. Immediately a long pass to Kelsey. This connection is just going to be brilliant. And It's like they missed each other. Yeah, and having a having a tight end that's so dominant when everyone else is struggling in that position can really make a difference for your roster. So if you go grab Travis Kelsey in the second round, you, you do it, and I'm not judging you. Does he lose any... Um, any draft stock for you just based on the the fact that his quarterback is Kermit the Frog? <laughs> um, I, I think I'm okay with it as long as he delivers the ball. You know, if Kermit okay. the Frog is out there and he wants to de- deliver the ball perfectly to Kelsey, I'm all for it. Yeah, little known fact, Kermit the Frog actually won MVP last year in, in 2018. So go Kermit. We go love Kermit. you. Go Kermit. Um, I I love Kelsey this year, but I will say I have no shares of him, and I probably won't have any shares of him. Last year, I got burned by taking Gronk in the second round. The only mm, league that did. I had the cojones, the, uh, or as Liz Loza would say, the ovaries to do it, <laughs> I got burned, and I never recovered in that league because I took uh, Gronk with my second round pick. I took... Um, I think Diggs and then Carry On and then Sony and my whole team just Yeah, it wasn't a great it team. It was a hot start for Gronk, a second. <laughs> Gronk in the second round really hurt you. And I'm that's why I'm a little bit nervous about taking Kelsey here. But you know, Kelsey doesn't have the same type of body issues as Gronk did. Gronk was hurt a lot. Yeah. Kelsey doesn't have those same type of issues. I don't think he'll break down this season. He is getting old, but not old enough. I still think he will be at the top of his game. And if anyone's confused by that Kermit the Frog reference, go listen to Mahomes speak. If his you haven't voice. listened to if Mahomes speak yeah, yet. You have to go listen to him if you haven't yet. His voice is so different than you ever expect. Oh, my gosh. The first time I heard it, I had to rewind and be like, is that, is that the Kermit? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who's your league winner? My league winner for 2019. For the AFC West. AFC West, baby. I'm going with Justin Jackson. Okay, okay. Justin Jackson. I, I think we have a pretty pretty small sample size for Justin Jackson. We saw him get in some limited work with Melvin Gordon out last season. And now guess what? Guys, Melvin Gordon might be out again this season. It. I don't know what to do with Melvin Gordon. I don't know where I'm drafting him. I would probably say, like, where would you go? Mid, uh, third? Third round? No, because then there's Kerryon Johnson, and I'll, I'll take Kerryon Johnson because I love him. That's fair. If you he's don't have to gone, deal with the headache. If he's gone, then maybe, but maybe I'm going wide receiver. I don't know. I don't want Melvin Gordon on my team because I don't want to deal with it, and I don't think they sign him. Like, I just don't. I don't I, get it. 
I do think, though, I do think that if I draft Melvin Gordon, I am I'm grabbing Justin Jackson as that handcuff. Yep. Um, he had a couple of, of rough games towards the end of the season. He had one carry versus Baltimore for negative one yards, which does not help your yards per carry. Oopsies. Uh, and then he had a, a six-carry game versus Denver, which uh, you can't count a, a game for a guy like this against Denver. I don't think that any of them are going to be as productive without Melvin Gordon on the field, but if Melvin Gordon sits... He's a very cheap option. He's going in the 11th round right now in half PPR formats. He can catch the ball. Um, last season, he saw 10 targets in that game versus Baltimore. 10. Caught seven of them for 47 yards. Not the, not the tippity top of the iceberg that you would want for yards per reception, but I don't care. I'm playing in PPR leagues. I'm going to take those receptions all day. Mm-hmm. And I... Do I want Eckler because of his standalone value? Absolutely. But he's going much later than than Justin Jackson, and I can still go ahead, fill out my whole starting roster, and then I get Justin Jackson at the end of it as a great insurance policy who can come out and perhaps fill a starting role. Yeah, and I guess like you just said, maybe if Melvin Gordon falls in the later third round and he's sitting there staring at me, I'll just make sure to grab Justin Jackson. You know because, he's going to stare you down. Yeah, because if you can, if Melvin Gordon does come back and you got him in the third, I mean, that's your league winner. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I like that pick by you, though. All right, Michelle, we got to get into our busts, and you might you might get beat up for this one, I think. Yeah, so I... I, I think you might get busted <laughs> So we are doing the AFC West right now. Um, my bust, obviously, my two busts in this division are Mike Williams and Damian Williams, but I talk about the them Williamses. enough. The Williamses. The Williamses. I talk about them enough, so I'm going to pivot, and I'm going to say my next bust is Philip Lindsay. Ooh. And... <laughs> He's going in the late fourth, and people might like his value, but I still don't like it there. I mean, when Sony Michelle's going in the fifth, I don't really get why Lindsay's still going in the fourth round. He was uber, uber efficient last year. 5.4, 5.4 yards per attempt. That's not attainable to repeat again. Um, why not? I guess he can, but you cannot expect him to repeat that again. That's so right. I'm, I'm not expecting him to repeat that again. I guess I shouldn't say it's not possible. But he just never had that many carries last year. It's not like the team rode, his, rode him, you know? Yeah. He only had averaged 12 carries a game, never more than 19, and that was by far his highest, and never more than two receptions a game. So when you, Which is interesting because he's really, I feel like his perception in general is that he's a – a big pass catcher, big but he pass really catcher. wasn't. Yeah. He really wasn't. He just wasn't. had great passing plays. Yes, he did. And, you know, he he hasn't been 100% this offseason. He hasn't been too um, active in the offseason program. And Rice Freeman got to show everything that he can do to the new coaching staff. You have to remember, this is a brand new coaching staff. They're not the same people that played Lindsay last year. So they got to see Rice perform all offseason. And we have to remember last season, Freeman was having dealing with the injuries. So that's why he wasn't a big part of the game plan. Now he's back healthy. I do think they get him plenty involved. I, I think it could be a true 50-50 split. So I'm not saying I want Royce. I'm not saying, you know, Lindsay's going to do worse than Royce Freeman in fantasy next year. But if I have to choose one, I'm definitely going with a guy going for 
total rounds later. Like I'm not taking Philip Lindsay in the fourth round. If I want one of them, I'll just wait for Freeman in the eighth because I think they'll end up being very similar in fantasy production next season. Yeah. And when you're, when you're relying on that sort of hyper efficiency, it's kind of a scary thing. You should always prepare yourself for some sort of regression when you're doing your, your projections, just because we don't know that he can continue to sustain that. I mean, look at my beloved Robert Foster. Yeah. So efficient. He was. And, uh, and now he doesn't even get to see the field. He doesn't see the field, but I hear he might not get cut this year. So that's great. That was a crazy yeah, report where they said he might not, or that he should not be cut this year, but nobody was thinking Robert Foster was getting cut. So that yeah. report was like, um, why are you even bringing this up? But like, that's whoa, what's scary that about, escalated quickly. that's what's scary about undrafted free agents. Like there's no incentive to hold you. They don't need to keep you. So they don't need to play you. So maybe Philip Lindsay did great last year. Robert Foster did pretty great last year too. They can move on from you very quickly as an undrafted free agent. Just be careful. And again, not to say that like that's what's happening here with Philip Lindsay. No, yeah. Just it's always a, when you're not dealing with maybe like a volume player, that's what you should be cautious about is that sort of regression. Agree. All right, Kate, who's your bust? Oh, I hate to say this because I really like this guy. Manny Sanders, you are my bust. For 2019. Easy. It is You're going easy. the easy route, Kate. It's totally easy, but he's still being drafted in the 10th round where I can go and get my late round quarterback. I can go get Dante Moncrief. I can, I can go get other players in that round that I don't want to touch Manny Sanders there. Everybody says he looks fine. He looks good on the field. Um, there, there was some uh, weird scuffle between him and Cortland Sutton. I don't know what that was about, uh, but one of those two was presumably frustrated. Uh, I, I don't know. I Manny Sanders coming off a torn Achilles. I don't know that at his age, he is going to be up to full speed and be able to make the same kind of cuts in an actual NFL game. It's sort of one thing when you're, you're in training camp, you're playing against softer coverage. Um, you know, no, generally speaking, they're not, they're not going to play and tackle you to the ground. Um, they're not going to play you, you know, quite as tight as they might in an actual NFL game. I don't know that he's going to just have that burst to be able to create separation. Yeah. And he has to play with a brand new quarterback. I mean, Sanders, I guess, is used to this in his career. He has to keep playing with new quarterbacks, especially in Denver. Uh, but that Achilles injury is no joke and he's, he's a little bit older. I know he's looking good out there, but I wouldn't want to mess with that. Uh, so I would also be staying away. It's just not away. not something that we have, like, historical data for to see, you know, a, a guy of his age coming back, what does that look like And generally? it was late in the season last year he tore it. It's not like he did it, you know, preseason where he had the full year to recover. This was late season. It hasn't – it won't even be, what, 10 months by yeah. the time that's not very long to recover and he's been you know actually practicing this offseason which is even crazier so he really didn't give that Achilles very much time to heal that makes me worried yeah I I just I think if he's going to be out there on the field running routes I think he might just be more of a I'm going to steal some coverage kind of guy and that's just my prediction um you know like I said we don't have much history to back that up but you know, uncharted territory, and I, I tend to like to stay away from uncharted territory when there's other guys I could be grabbing there. Yep. 
Tell me about your sleeper. Sleepa, sleepa. So my sleeper, I, I'm going back and forth because, you know, I do love this Daryl Williams guy. Like, why? Why? Why do I love him so much? When he got in the game last year towards the end, uh, he didn't do a ton. Two carries for 13 yards and a couple targets. I do think he can be heavily used in the passing game if they wanted to use him that way. He did have 11 uh, carries at the last game of the last game of the year when they were killing it against Oakland. 31 yards, so not fabulous. But so I was going to, with him or Darwin Thompson. I'm going to go with Darwin Thompson, Kansas City Chiefs Ooh. running back. Daryl Williams did get the second uh, team reps last night, but Darwin Thompson came in very shortly after him, and he was killing it. And he was the six-round pick this year. It's not saying a whole lot, but I do think he gets his chance. And, you know, I feel like the team just says – great things to say about him. He looks very fast out there, even though he didn't run a fast 40. But when you're watching him play... He looks he, very explosive. Yeah, he plays a lot faster than that 40 time shows. And I don't believe in Damian Williams' talent. So I think someone else takes over. Carlos Hyde could be that guy. But if you're going to go with a late sleeper, I like Darwin Thompson, you know, 13th round. I think he can be a steal. And if he gets those starting reps for the Kansas City Chiefs, talk about a league winner right there. I definitely think that Thompson is the high upside flyer there. Carlos Hyde, we've seen what he can do. I don't know. Why not Why not take a flyer pick? I think he's going in the 13th round right now. Hello. If you're going to take a shot on one of these guys, I'm definitely not taking Damien in the second round when you can get such elite assets there. And then Carlos Hyde, you know, is he's starting to creep up there. I still like him as a as a draft selection, but if you don't feel confident in him, why not take a chance on a 13th round pick that can take over the backfield of the best offense in the league? I love that. I for my my guy this is a little bit more dependent on Antonio Brown and, and what's going to happen there. We have heard great reports coming out about Ty Williams and his rapport with Derek Carr, right? Mm-hmm. Good good things coming out of camp. Uh, say they have a, a good connection, which is very important to a wide receiver quarterback duo. I, I don't know that he's going to make an excellent wide receiver one with Antonio Brown out if he's out. But... We've heard a lot of good things. I think that uh, we've seen what he can do with a big target volume. So back in 2016, we saw him get 119 targets, came up with 1,059 yards, seven touchdowns, finished as the wide receiver 15 and half PPR. That's crazy. Do you remember that happening? No, I really don't. You don't. And it's because the last two seasons, his target share has fallen into the 60s. So has he been a big play guy? Yeah, but what can he do with more volume? We've seen some upside there, and he's not being drafted until the 13th round. He's not somebody that's being talked about as a a, a big big play guy with big play potential. That's what he is, though. He was you know, somewhat a viable flex play last season. Um, definitely a great best ball candidate. So I'm, I'm going for Ty Williams in an offense with all the vacated targets you can want. I like it. All right, Michelle, tell me your value pick. All right, I'm going with Cortland Sutton. So you just went with your bus being a man- Manny Sanders. I'm hoping Manny Sanders stays healthy for Cortland Sutton to bring me value. 
So Carlin Sutton's going in the 10th round, and I think he can be very good this year, and people are discounting him because he struggled as the wide receiver one when he got his chance, you know. when In his rookie season. In his rookie season. Like, no one's giving him a break, and he was playing with Case Keenum. Like, come on, give the guy a break. <laughs> but when, when he had Emmanuel Sanders there and Demarius Thomas was already traded, there was a four-game stretch, and he did very well as the wide receiver two when he wasn't getting all of the coverage. When he was a wide receiver, too, with Sanders across from him, he was on pace for 936 yards and four touchdowns. Obviously, you'd like to see those touchdowns go up, but 936 yards as a rookie is very good. Um, That was him as a wide receiver, too. Once he became the wide receiver one, not so great. He also had four games when he was a wide receiver one without Sanders, without Thomas there, and he was only on pace for 584 yards. That's a big difference um, for a 16-game pace. He he was not great in that role. I'm not going to sugarcoat it in any way. He looked like he struggled, but he was a rookie being thrown into the fire with all of the coverage for every defense that he was playing against. So if he gets to be the wide receiver too, he has Sanders there to take some coverage away. I think he can be really good. He, he looked like a, a solid NFL player last year when you watched him. He he's strong, like he's super strong. He can go up and win those one-on-one battles to catch the ball. I I like him for next year. I don't love him, but I think getting him in the tenth round, there's so much room for value there, like to, for him to actually there's a lot of upside. Yeah, there's to actually give you um, a, a, a return on investment. Thank you. That's exactly the word I was looking R-O-I. for. R O I. R O I. That. I'm willing to take him in the 10th round and, and take that risk on him. I think that's fair. I, I do have concerns in general if Drew Locke is to come into that offense. I, I, I don't think we'll see him this season. But if he came into the game, I don't think that is good for Cortland Sutton. I don't think that's good for anybody on that offense. Um, but to your point, we saw John Brown be very productive with Joe Flacco last year. So we'll see how that, that plays out. Uh, and to wrap up the AFC West, my sleeper, Sammy Watkins. We actually uh, remember back in the day, Michelle, when we had good old Jason Moore on the show to blast his balls Yes, about Sammy no-feet Watkins. <laughs> uh, his take was that Sammy Watkins could finish as a top 15 wide receiver uh, we didn't think that was possible, but again, that was back in the back in the day. When I still Tyreek don't think. Hill, I still don't think we're going. We think he's going to be a wide receiver fifteen. We do still think that. I'm saying we don't. Oh no, we don't think that. No, I'm saying that was back in the day when when Tyree Kill was presumably maybe not going to be with us this season. Uh, I was off on him at that time because his ADP was skyrocketing through the the atmosphere into outer space and it landed on Mars and it hung up there on Mars for for quite a bit of time. Guess what? Tyreek's back. We have no concerns that he's not going to be playing all 16 games, you know, barring injury, knock knock. I I think he's a value now. He's going uh at the 806 right now in half PPR formats in uh games where he saw at least like three targets. He was averaging 6.6 targets for 4.8 receptions, 64 yards, and 0.375 touchdowns. Not a bad pace for a guy that you're taking at the 806. He's got boom potential to give you some some 100, 
hundred yard games. Um, wide receivers going around that point: Geronimo Allison, Curtis Samuel, who I would take over him. MVS, D.D. Westbrook, who's banged up, Shepard banged up. I think at this point, the upside of being drafted at that position makes him worth it for me. Yeah, and when you're looking at those other guys that you're talking about, most of them are the wide receiver twos on their team besides D.D., who is the wide receiver one, but on, you know, D.D. and Shepard, who are the wide receiver ones on Jacksonville and the Giants. I'd rather the wide receiver two on the Chiefs. So I I would take a chance on Sammy Watkins here because he's the best number two option out of those guys. Um, when it comes to A, talent, because he's a super uber talented wide receiver. He just can't stay healthy. So when he's healthy, man. But Ooh. his health is factored into his ADP right now. People don't trust him, and that's why he's going later. If he was healthy, if we knew he was going to stay healthy a full 16 games, he'd be taken in the third round. Honestly, even as a wide receiver, too, if we knew he was going to be playing all those games. So his injuries factored in, and I, I love that selection by you. I uh, I think we should maybe move over to the NFC, Let's shall we? do it. NFC West League winner. This is one of the most interesting divisions in football right now. I think the Cardinals, Rams, 49ers, Seahawks, all of these uh, – offenses you've got the Rams who are super exciting got the Seahawks who drafted DK Metcalf now you have to sort of see how their offensive plan unfolds without Doug Baldwin you've got the Cardinals with uh, obviously uh, Kyler Murray who is being inducted into the Hall of Fame any day now yeah for sure Um, (laughs) the the 49ers you've got you know you had an unhealthy season should have some of these guys back into the lineup Michelle, who's your league winner for 2019 in the NFC West? For those who have been listening to us for a while now, this is not going to come as a shock to you. My league winner is Christian Kirk. That was me being shocked. (laughs) Sarcasm? Yeah. Just a little? Just a little bit. So Christian Kirk had a very solid rookie season for a wide receiver. He was playing on the worst offense known to man, like literally the worst offense ever. They were bottom of the barrel in every single category that you can think of. He was playing with Josh Rosen, who, um, guys, he wasn't too good, was he? Was he okay? No. No. But he still put up decent numbers. I mean, he never had a boom game. So nobody, you know, nobody was like, oh my goodness, I love Christian Kirk because he had that 150-yard game and he he won you a week and everyone, he became on everyone's radar. But he consistently put up 90 yards, 85 yards, 77 yards, 77 yards, 54 yards, 57 yards. He was good. That's good. Yeah. For, a, for being on a team that was so, so bad. He actually consistently produced not not league not week winning games, but he was consistent. Now he gets uh, an offense that we're all a lot more excited for with uh, Cliff Kingsbury. He gets hopefully a better quarterback in Kyler Murray. Everyone's on his hype train. I think the whole offense in general will get Christian Kirk a lot more open. Even though dude was wide open when you watch him on film, he was just always wide open. I am really excited about Christian Kirk. I think his talent's there. I think in this new offense, where there'll be, you know, hopefully so many more plays ran, there's going to be a lot of targets to go around. And I think Christian Kirk leads his team in targets. And if we 
if we trust this offense is going to be some great offense, then we should be loving someone, one of these pass catchers. And Christian Kirk is my dude. I would not be shocked, and I continue to say this, if he is drafted in the second round in 2020 drafts. Michelle, my league winner is a little bit more boring. Yeah. Who is he's it? not the flashiest dude. He's pretty flashy. Okay. He is, he's flashy, but he's underrated. Okay. okay. Are you with me? Yes. Do you Tell have any me. guesses? No? No. Go. All right. I'm going with Brandon Cooks here. He's so, so undervalued. He's Mr. the most underrated wide receiver in the league, I think. Yeah. And he's so consistent. This is his second year going into his uh, Rams offensive system. He's never been with the same team other than the Saints. You know, for more than one year, he had the Saints, and then he went to New England, and the only winning teams for this dude. Yeah. and So spoiled. Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Yeah. Well, okay, I don't know about Jared Cook. I'm not calling him a Hall of Fame quarterback, but he's on a great team. Yeah. No, I think you just called him a Hall of Fame No, I didn't. I'm taking it back. Okay. No take backs here, but it's fine. Um, he's going into a second year with that offense. I think that's going to be a great, great thing for him. They all get another year to work together. You get Jared Goff, who's got, you know, even more, uh, time to develop, which, you know, everybody says he's the system quarterback, give him another year in the system. That's only a good thing. Um, I just, I can't understand how this guy is being so undervalued when he has scored, uh, Nine, eight, seven, five touchdowns. That's fine. Um, but he's racked up a thousand or more yards in each of his last four seasons. And if you expect Todd Gurley to miss some time or not play as much, that there's a lot of targets to go around. I I'm massively in love with Brandon Cooks. I, I think we need to give a the dude a chance to be in on the same team for two years. Like it takes time for wide receivers to get used to his quarterback, used to a new system. And he did great his first season. Yeah. Like and, let's not let's not undersell that. But when I look at his ADP, he's currently going um at the four oh six back to back with Robert Woods and uh, Cooper Cup's going in the early fifth. So none of these guys has really sort of eked it out yet. But Brandon Cooks, he's got the consistency. Um, he's so fast. He's elusive. He's just not a big touchdown guy. And I, I think maybe that's his knock. But And what's um, nice is you don't need him to have a ton of targets. Yeah, you, he can, you don't. He can win you a week just off of one big bomb yeah. touchdown. He's very good at the big bomb. So... I think he's my league winner just because he's so undervalued. He's going behind Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram. Yeah. And he's going he's going behind Stefan Diggs, which honestly, if I'm thinking about it, I would rather have Brandon Cooks than Stefan Diggs. And it's literally for the consistency factor. Stefan Diggs had a relatively healthy season last year. He hasn't always been healthy before, but Brandon Cooks, he's just a such a solid NFL wide receiver. And I think when you're looking at guys going in that range, he's the best of the best, and he's got the most consistent value. Agree. Agree. I like that. Wow, no pushback whatsoever? None. All None. Right. I'm liking all your picks. It's odd. Yeah. <laughs> not, not anything to fight about today. Guys, come on. Uh, Michelle, let's hear your bust. All right. People are getting mad at me for this. Yeah, people going to fight you hard. I've brought it up before. George Kittle's my bust. Not a bust and where he's not going to produce. I still have him as a top five tight end. He's a bust at where he's going in the draft. He's going in the third round. 
And it's too high. It's too high. So, yes, he did great last year. He did still have 30 less total points than Kelsey. He was averaging two less points per game for fantasy purposes um, than Kelsey was, and he's only going around later than him. I think Kelsey stays the same from last year. I can see multiple reasons why Kittle would regress. He was the only guy there. He was literally the only guy in the offense. You had Pettis injured a big chunk of the year. Even when he was technically playing, he barely saw any snaps because of that injury. You had all the running backs get injured just nonstop. It seemed like anybody they put in there just got injured in five seconds. You had Goodwin miss a portion of the year. Uh, Kittle was the main guy, and he was the whole focal point of that offense. I also think changing you know, quarterbacks isn't necessarily a good thing for Kittle. So you saw Mullins really rely on Kittle. You don't know if Jimmy Graham's, not Jimmy Graham, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to Jimmy Graham. I put Jimmy G, you know, Jimmy G. It could be Jimmy Graham or Jimmy Garoppolo. But this, in this case, got my Garoppolo here. In this case, it definitely makes more sense for Jimmy Garoppolo. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a better quarterback than Nick Mullins, and I think he'll spread the ball around. He's going to have a lot of weapons this year compared to last year. You have Tevin Coleman, Matt Bereda. Hopefully he can stay healthy. I do believe Pettis will be the wide receiver one, but then you add in Debo Samuel. You add in a healthy Marquise Goodwin, possibly. So there's a lot of other options, and I still think Kittle's a top five tight end, just not worth that third round pick. So he is my bust for this year for the NFC West. Oh, that's a hot, that's a hot and spicy take, but I like it. I, I just talked about how drafting tight ends early makes me a little nervy. He just had massive plays too. So he had two 85 yard touchdown plays. He had a few 40 yards, 50 yard plays. If you like, if he doesn't get those, and he's not as great as lots of yards you know, after the catch. A ton, a ton of yards after the catch. That's hard to, you it's know, hard to repeat. Very hard. Yeah. So if he has a thousand yards, six touchdowns, you're not going to be happy with that in the third round. Yeah, I don't think my bust candidate's going to be any more popular. Go for it. I'm I'm scared. <laughs> Do it. I don't want to do it. <laughs> Todd Gurley. I think people, you know, people have come around to him possibly uh, being a bust. I don't, I, I'm, I'm sort of torn about this pick. So this is more of a tempering of expectations. I, I think we should prepare ourselves mentally. If I, I, jeez, get it out. It just hurts. Like his knees. I, it just, it sucks to see a guy who is as immensely talented as Todd Gurley be dealing with this. It it sucks. Um, you know, obviously they drafted Daryl Henderson. Um, I'm not – I think the verdict is still out. I think he started the game behind John Kelly yesterday. But Todd Gurley, I don't think we're going to know what to expect from him because of the fact that I think the Rams plan to sort of let Todd Gurley's body dictate what he can handle. We're not going to be able to predict this. I don't think we're going to be able to have any more idea of what to expect from Todd Gurley's knees than the training staff does. Like, I mean, we just saw Jarek McKinnon was feeling good, came off the pup, and then two days of practice, and they're probably going to send him to the IR. Yeah, that's that's crazy. It, it doesn't, you know, we don't really know when these things are going to flare up. It's It's going to be really just relying on Todd Gurley to say, hey, 
my knee's not feeling good. My knee is feeling good. It's it's a question mark, and I think it's going to be hard to rely on him week in and week out, and that is why he's a bust, not necessarily because I'm I'm not drafting him in anything, not because I think he's going to totally kill your fantasy teams, but I do think he might hurt you some weeks. He could. I'm not as worried as you are. I, I do get you there where his knee could flare up anytime. But he's not going in the first round anymore. He should, like, if he was completely healthy, he'd be the 101, right? Yeah. yeah. He's go- He would be the 101. And now he's going late second. I've even seen him drop into the third sometimes. He he can, like, if he his knee holds up. He could be a league winner. Yes, exactly. And... You know, I do think they use him a little less this year. I think they get other players involved, but he doesn't need all of the snaps to produce. I mean, he just kills it when he's on the field. So he can have 60% of the snaps instead of 80% and still put up great numbers. Maybe not 18 touchdowns great, but he, he'll be plenty involved. He He doesn't need all of the carries in the world to be a very good asset to your fantasy team. I agree. I just... I, I want to temper the – I want to, like, dip my toes into the water. The interesting thing is with Todd Gurley is that we can make arguments in literally any direction, and I don't even think Todd Gurley knows how this is going to shape up. <laughs> I know. It's it's a bummer. I, you always want to see good players on the field, Ugh, and I hope we see them on the field a lot. Me too. Michelle, tell me your sleeper. All right. This is a weird one for me because I I consistently say do not draft rookie wide receivers. But you know what? Some people just want to draft rookie wide receivers. And I'm going to give you a name if you must draft one because you, you feel like you want the upside. It's DK Metcalf. Yeah, it is. DK Metcalf is going into a situation with the Seattle Seahawks with a great quarterback in Russell Wilson. An who, accurate quarterback. Accurate quarterback that likes to sling the ball. And he likes his tall guys. Remember Jimmy Graham? Just one year removed, had 10 touchdowns with Russell Wilson. Yeah. He likes his tall guys in the in the end zone. Uh, guess who led the Seattle Seahawks in targets last year? Uh, I don't Tyler Lockett? You would think, but no, it was Doug Baldwin. He still led the team in targets last year with 73. And now he's gone. So I know Baldwin seemed like a massive disappointment, but he was still pretty involved in that offense. He just didn't do much with those targets. That's mind-blowing to me. I know. It seems like he he played more than anyone remembers. So you're, you're taking away, you know, the main dude there. He, he's gone now. He's retired. And you're adding in DK Metcalf, who I think can be one of those guys to produce immediately. And when you're looking at rookie wide receivers, they do have to produce in they do have to put up touchdowns and that's a really hard thing to predict but if I'm going to predict a rookie wide receiver to do it it would be DK Metcalf with his size with his quarterback in his situation where he should see a lot of snaps but I don't think you should ever trust that a rookie's going to see a ton of targets so that's why I say that you have to you have to see who has that touchdown potential and that's DK Metcalf for me if he came out of the season with eight to ten touchdowns would you be surprised no, I do not. I wouldn't either. So if you're going to take a chance on a rookie wide receiver, it's DK Metcalf. And plus, they don't have like a, a dominant tight end there or even a solid tight end that you can trust. So, you know. Will Disley? He, he, Will Disley, maybe. We'll see what he can do. But but if he ended, you know, if DK Metcalf ended the year with eight to ten touchdowns, would you be surprised? I would not. Me He's neither. He's so big. He's I'm not. So- 
fast. Yeah. It's a hard thing to, you cannot count on touchdowns, but like I said, when you're looking at these rookies, I, I want to have that potential and you have that with DK Metcalf. I like it a lot. I've been saying all along. I like it a lot. Uh, I, I kind of like it. I kind of like it. I kind of like it. <laughs> I've been saying all along, DK Metcalf is my candidate for the most productive rookie wide receiver. And it's because of the opportunity. It is because he has the right quarterback to do it. I don't think all quarterbacks and all offensive systems would work for DK Metcalf. I think he's got the perfect situation. Um you need a solid run game because they can't just, you know, ignore the guy running up the middle. He's he's definitely on my radar. And, again, neither of us draft those rookie wide receivers. But if we did, he'd be a good one to draft. Um, my sleeper, I'm not going to talk about him for long because we've all talked about him before, Brenda. 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 So, so guys, uh, my brother-in-law, uh, after listening to the latest podcast said, learn Breda's name. It's not Brenda. It's Breda. And I'm like, oh, dude, we know that. <laughs> we know it's not yeah. Matt Brenda. We know it's Matt Breda. But for some reason, Kate and I think it's hilarious that when you type in Breda's name in your iPhone, it autocorrects to Brenda. The first time I did it, we just died laughing. So that's why we call him Brenda. I'm sorry if you don't like it, but we enjoy it. Yeah, it's fun. He's going at the 1108 right now, and we just got the news that Jarek McKinnon might be entering 2019 on the IR. Brenda's been in the offense all offseason. He's been getting the reps after that torn pec. He was just so ripped. <laughs> he just tore his pec off. Like I mean, the guy like can't the stay healthy, but you don't you can't even worry about it because he keeps playing through it. Yeah, and he, dude is the Hulk. He is the Hulk, or he is a Greek god, which you can check out my my Twitter. <laughs> uh, I I photoshopped a beautiful photo of Matt Breda's head onto a Greek goddess statue. God, not goddess. Not goddess. I don't <laughs> think that would be what anybody wants out on the on the football field. Well, I think or maybe they would. Maybe they would. I don't know. Maybe this is what the fantasy football community really <laughs> needs right now. Uh, average 5.3 yards per carry last season. And I think the biggest knock on his ADP has literally just been the presence of Jarek McKinnon. He's not going to be there, at least for the, the foreseeable future. He's so fast. He's got all of the metrics that Jarek McKinnon has. Literally, you statted them out. Yeah. Um, like they're 40 times, their bench press, everything is the same. It's the creepiest thing. But yeah. I, I want the guy who's actually going to be on the field, and I think you're getting him at a discounted price. There is room for him and Tevin Coleman, in my opinion. There is room. I'm starting to come around to that as well. I'm still the big Coleman supporter. I think he's the goal line back. I think he gets the most carries. But Breda, Brenda, will, Brenda. will have a role in this offense. I'm starting to come around to that, that they could both produce. And in the 11th round, he can be very, very good value there. Our good friend, stepmom Lauren, um, she's sort of coined the Brenda with the... Brenda, I know. I don't know. (laughs) With the angry, alcoholic, emphysemic mom, Brenda. (laughs) So uh, just in case we randomly shout that at certain intervals, sorry, guys. Are we? Let's get into our uh, listener league (gasps) winners. We're going to announce four of them. So that would make seven total so far. Kate and I have a spot. So there'll only be three more spots left once we announce these four winners. You still have your chance to submit your entry. Uh, Do you want to explain how they can do that? Absolutely. Go to your favorite 
platform, leave us a five-star review, send us a haiku about fantasy football. Yes, I'm asking you to go back to fifth or sixth grade or wherever the hell you started writing haikus. Five syllables in the first line, seven syllables in the second line, and five syllables in the third. Should we give them an example with one of our next winners? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Let's I do know, it. Like, I didn't know what to call them there. But yeah, you guys are winners. Winners. Um, <laughs> so first up, we got at Fantasy Phil, P-H-I-L-L, Phil Burns. Welcome to the Listener League. I'm going to do a cool voice for this one. <laughs> Actually, wait. I'm feeling it. Ryan, oh, yeah. MVP. You don't really believe that. 28 to 3. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> Welcome at Phil Burns. We're excited to kick your butt this year. Yeah, we are. Next up, Sir Daniel Hathaway. Welcome to the league, my friend. Uh, I can't do the music for every single every single one. I'm sorry, guys. I can't bring myself to do it. But Daniel, my carry-on shall soar. Brenda or Coleman will roar, but ball blast never bores. That's one of the best ones we got. It was super good. That was so good. They put in carry-on. They put in Brenda. And I mean, Coleman. Yeah, and it, I like the rhymes. Yeah, it was perfect. And the rhyming does help, guys. It does. I like, it does. I like it better. Sorry, but Daniel, good one, good one. Welcome to the league. Also, Phil Burns, you rhyme too. Ryan MVP. You don't believe that twenty eight to three. Yeah, I, I think we did prefer the rhyming ones. Apparently, yeah. Jeremy Davies, what's up, dude? At Fantasy J D A V Winston QB one Arians to lead the ship. Bucks are on the rise. As the as the resident uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers liker lover, yeah, and, he he got our hearts there because yeah. we're both really high in the Tampa Bay offense. Uh, yeah. this and they year. are my NFC uh, NFC South team. Well, not just NFC South; they're just my NFC team. Yeah, but, they are. You've always liked Tampa. Yeah, I don't know why. I, my heart is drawn to Tampa. So we picked you, Jeremy. Good one. Yeah, we very liked good. It. And then we got Troy Norris at Tango 11B. Or is that an 8? I think it's a B. B. It's a B. What's up, dude? Uh, Troy, welcome to the league. Try to remember. Everyone has a chance. Unless you let me in. Ooh, Very I like daunting. it. Yeah. <laughs> I like the trash talk already before you even get in. That's yeah. why you got in here, buddy. That's Troy. Why. We need to get some ladies up in here. Ladies, where are your entries at? We, yeah. We're not getting them. Um, I saw a couple. If they you did be enter before, feel free to send a second entry in, obviously. Yeah. If uh, you know you want to try it again, send it on over. You don't have to show us that five-star review again. That one time was good enough, but send us a new haiku. Send us a new haiku, and it wouldn't hurt if it rhymed. I don't know, because apparently that's our thing. <laughs> well, only two out of the four rhyme today. It, it, it helps to uh, talk about players or teams we like, because <laughs> we uh, we're totally biased, biased, but we're allowed to, because it's our listener league. Yeah. Uh, I'm so excited for this year. It's going to be so much fun, guys. The so season fun. is so close. It's less than a month away. Less than a month oh. away. Very exciting, guys. We are so close. We can do this. We can hang in there. 
Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at FFBallBlast. And at BallBlast. Um. Leave us those five-star reviews. Check us out on Patreon. We love you all. We will see you next weekend at Midwest Fantasy Football Expo. Woo! Woo! Sorry if that just hurt your earbuds. Oops. No, I'm not sorry. Go to the expo. <laughs> Bye. Bye.